0: Hmm. Thank the maker. Good morning, KCL, and welcome to Thank the Maker, KCL's only creativity talk show. Um, I'm your host, Clay Ballard, and uh, today we're going to be talking about improv, acting, and a few other things with uh, your resident Jack Shepard. Um, now, to those listening, you might know him from another radio show that he has on the on the uh, KCL Radio Network. I don't know much about it, but we'll talk about it uh, over the next hour. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for listening. Uh, we're coming to you live from the top of Bush House Southeast. And uh, just to explain the show really quickly, uh, we like to bring creatives on air and talk to them about their creative process um, so yeah i'm your host clay ballard and uh, we hope you stick with us over the next hour as as we talk through this um, we'll be right back Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, It's Wednesday. It's been a busy busy week yeah <laughs> but yeah how are you thank you for coming so early this no morning. it's all right yeah. i say it's good to. it's a good excuse to get me
1: out of bed to be honest yeah
0: true so do you have no classes today whatsoever i don't know okay yeah. uh, i have uh, uh, off that so makes you're, a lot of you're sense. welcome <laughs> this is my one lay in <laughs> thank you i i appreciate that um now i know you from running amok mm-hmm. we perform on kcl's improv troupe here um but you're also involved in a lot of scenes across kcl <laughs> a lot um from like king's players to kcl radio what, what else are you doing these um
1: days? yeah i did i've done some shakespeare stuff while i've been here as well and right. um i i did a ted talk last semester yeah and i want to talk about that too we'll get to that yeah yeah sure uh, but yeah, I just love spreading myself then. Yeah, love distraction from from the <laughs> abyss, you know. <laughs> and
0: you're studying film here at KCL. Yeah,
1: like film studies. Film studies, right? Right. So it's like um, it's it's like a pra- it's like a theoretical film degree. So yeah, less practical, more
0: like it's like an English degree but with films instead of books. Interesting. Yeah. So I've talked, to I've gotten to know like quite a few people in the film mm. studies department, and it, it seems interesting. So what do you want to do? with that degree if it's not practical because i'm asking yeah. myself the same question i'm studying uh, uh, global media industries it's not practical at all it's all yeah. a theoretical discussion of the industry yeah what's your what's your plan well i i had like a massive dilemma about it
1: because I, I i wanted to do film but like i wasn't sure if i wanted to do practical or theory and um i think it was like for me because because the because the industry is changes so regularly and so often, I was like I, I didn't feel like I would get that much out of learning like the practical elements of it. And, right,
0: interesting. And
1: so doing a practical degree, it, I didn't feel like I would learn anything that I couldn't teach myself.
0: Yeah, okay. Whereas
1: like a theory degree,
0: it's just a, it's it just makes you so well versed. No, that's that's you know? that's an interesting like uh, decision point because you you read online and there's like that a famous website like no film school that basically is like yeah yeah there's the the debate of whether you go to film school or whether you just learn it yourself and so you're in the camp of learning it yourself yeah but like getting this context from Mm. your academic degree
1: it's like halfway like right i i i think it's been really valuable to learn about like film air quotes right but um it, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I I feel like it would be, it's like a weird sort of limiting parameter to learn, like, how to practically make
0: film. Yeah. Know? No, I, I, that, that makes a lot of sense. Interesting. So, on the acting front and on the improv front, really, how, how long have you been doing that? So, so I, I imagine your decision to come to KCL and study film studies was quite separate from that. You're not yeah. studying <laughs> acting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but have you been doing that for a long time?
1: Yeah. So, uh, I was very precocious when I was a youngster. Loved attention, yeah, <laughs> obviously. Um, and I I just have always... It's always sort of been like a vocation of mine, which is weird because with acting, it's like a lot of people realise that vocation really young. And it's yeah. like, you know, some people, well, their vocation will be like, you know, architecture or something. But, like, acting is something that people start vocationally doing when yeah. they're, like, a child. It's, like, kind of weird. Um, but, yeah, I... I I did some like professional l e acting when I was in my early teens. Really, like, um, yeah, like I had an agent and the whole shebang. That's uh, amazing. But I stopped because I wanted to like focus on school. Hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I was sort of debating between like the drama school route and, oh, I and see. then the film route. Yeah, but uh-huh. um, but yeah, this is like. The most devoid of practical acting uni, like, there's no acting course here or anything. So, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I've just sort of always been interested in it. And, uh, it took a back seat because I was like, you know what, I want to get into filmmaking. But actually, coming to uni, I've realized that, like, act, like
0: performing it sounds so stupid, but that is something I just really will always enjoy. The right. Most, you know, yeah. And that's something I think I've observed across, like, your involvement at KCL, mm-hmm. right? You're, you host your radio show. You uh, perform on stage for improv and for um, these theater productions. Um, yeah, yeah. And there's yeah, there's no shame in performing and wanting a <laughs> yeah, little well, attention. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all want a bit of attention in
1: different ways. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it just sort of it, it seeps its way into everything I
0: do, to be honest. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the yeah.
1: TED, too. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah,
2: basically.
0: Um, yeah, so uh, I guess transitioning to improv then, how did you discover improv here at KCL, or was it always on your radar? Um, like here, really. I mean, I,
1: I, I was like into improv when we did it at high school, but obviously it's very different because it's not in a serious construct. It's just like for fun. Sure. Um, and then I came to Kings and I sort of joined on a whim, uh, and it's ended up being like the most enriching thing I've done here. And it's completely like, like, uh. I now have such an interest in working
0: comedy, and like it's made me realize like yeah. I can be funny, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's that's it's. I feel like this is so many people's stories too, because yeah. I I it was on my radar and like whose line is it anyways? For right, him? exactly, yeah. Um, but then when I went to undergrad, like I auditioned on a whim as well and made it, and then yeah, you kind of realize like like you can be funny and you can yeah. perform and you can make people laugh, and it's it's amazing.
1: And yeah, like I mean now that like the comedy route is my biggest interest in really like creative endeavors yeah uh and it's just it's crazy because it's like this before i came to uni i would never have said that but it's
0: literally i mean it's completely like rewired my brain yeah weirdly. that's cool not to deep it or anything <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i guess i i have a question then because this is something i have thought about a lot, but improv. Kind of as a like a wide diverse scene does really focus on comedy. Mm. Do you think there's something being lost there? Because you know, there's like there's dram- dramatic improv, improvisation. It's like a tool that people use behind yeah. the scenes as well. But most performance improv features the funny. Yeah, and it, it makes sense in practice because a lot of improv is relying on the mistakes to build the content almost. Do you? But do you? Do you think? that there is a market for like serious dramatic improv improvisation
1: i i think yeah probably i mean i think the problem is is that when it's improvised it's obviously there's like an unprofessional nature yeah there, which is then kind of leads into comedy really well but um like i've seen serious improv before and i've i've done it like as you say like yeah. a rehearsal tool um and it it's not very engaging to watch mm. but it's very engaging to do right But, um, you know, I've seen like, you know, like, um, Herodian, not Herodian, that's a private school in London. (laughs) Like, uh, that that improv style where they do like a play. Oh, The Herald? The Herald, yeah. yeah. Herodian. (laughs) It's like, um, I've seen that done where like a good portion of it has been serious scenes. Yeah. And it always feels kind of like jarring, but like, it is interesting. Yeah. Um, I know there's like an improv comedy night somewhere in the world where they do like one serious scene at the end of every night and then it's like it plays out like a but it's just weird because it's like unless you do an argument or some kind of emotional thing it's never going to be that dramatic or engaging yeah yeah and then it can feel stupid because it's like you know
0: you killed my dad and then you have to seriously react to that yeah and it's like jarring um you brought up a really interesting point that for serious improv in in your mind and Feel free to correct me if I misinterpreted. But it, it's it's interesting for the performer, but not for the audience. Mm. I think in a lot of ways, um, and some other actors that I've talked to have this perception about improv as a whole. And even if you like look at improv theaters, so I used to live in D.C., and I performed a bit with the Source Theater there, which was mm-hmm. the local improv theater. Most people coming to shows are other improvisers. Yeah. And so it's, it, to me, I always had this issue with it where it's this very insular environment where improvisers go to watch improv and vice versa and like the majority of funds for that theater in particular and for a lot of theaters are from classes they put on not from tickets sold right and so it does seem like this never ending tool and cycle for improvisers as mm. opposed to you know as a regular performance piece and and it certainly gets out of that like on in Chicago and New York but on the local scene in other cities, it doesn't seem to elevate past that.
1: Yeah. Cause I feel like, I feel like it can be very self-indulgent oh, and
0: for sure.
1: Yeah. But then again, like, um, I went to that in fringe last, uh, last summer. And one of the best shows I saw was snort, which is like this New Zealand improv, um, collective. Yeah. And their approach to improv is like, it's quite similar to what we do actually. It's like very like low rules, high, just like, chill yeah <laughs> and um and, it, and it's just so fun to watch because they don't care really about you know upholding anything there's no like massive technique i mean they're all amazing at it sure um and they have got they've just got a tv show like on tvnz which is like bbc new zealand that's awesome and so i guess it's kind of ch- changing at least in new zealand yeah yeah uh, where it's becoming like actually something for audiences because they're trying to be to be funny for audiences you know it's like a reverse thing but i uh, definitely feel that with like it being self-indulgent yeah. and also the sense that like it's comedians and actors who are just getting that little bit of you know um adrenaline or
0: you know attention's the wrong word but any way they can you yeah know. no i i, I that uh, you bring up a good point too again that uh improv is like such a feeder for professional right. things but it still seems that the end product of improv never seems to come out like these guys are getting an in a tv show i yeah. don't know if it's improv imp, improvised but i'm sure that like with a lot of tv shows that come out of uh the the new york improv scene or it's, uh, saturday night live they use improv as a tool for creation yeah. but then the final product is still scripted in a way well that's um, that's like very
1: interesting point. Like improv is kind of a writing tool. Right? Yeah. So it's it's interesting when people use improv and then that's the finished product. Yeah. I mean, it I guess that's
0: maybe the thrill of it. It's like watching the process. Well, see, that's that's what I've always really enjoyed about improv is is it's a tightrope dance right. when you're when you're watching it and when you go to an improv show, I always liken it to going to like a fight. Right. You, mm. you don't know who's gonna win. You don't know if things are gonna go bad. You don't know it's like stagecraft but like there's a high chance of things going wrong yeah right um and there's obviously appeal in that like with the play that goes wrong that's its front central gimmick um but that's what i've always loved about it is this chance for it to mess up and when actors can like thread the needle it's like holy shit yeah yeah well that's it as well it's like very high
1: reward if it works yeah more so than like anything that anything that could be planned um like when I saw this, these New Zealanders, it was like... What was the name of them again? It was called Snort. 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 Sorry. My <laughs> no. Bunch. No, it's it's my... not doing a good job. In... <laughs> my American accent versus this. <laughs> um, and like some of the stuff, it would just thread together so well and you'd be like, this is just genius. And yeah. And the like thrill you get, I mean, it's the same thrill you get as an audience member as a performer, I, I suppose, where it's like,
0: oh yes, the stars have aligned. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. Yeah. Do you have a, like, a favorite camp of improv? So there's, like, Chicago, Second City, right? Of, like, very naturalism, like, truth and comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, to find the characters and ground the scene and the rest of the work will happen. Or do you tend to find yourself in the camp of, um, like, New York, UCB, game, 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 chase the beats of the scene? Um, yeah. Do you fall into a camp or do you think there's a middle ground or what? Well I feel like uh we definitely tend to lean into
1: the like U C B chase the game thing. At least that's how we were kinda like taught to do it. Yeah. Uh where you find like a interesting game and and it's very like da 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 and if it's boring just sweep. Yeah, like, move on. Yeah. Catch the beat. Um but I definitely don't mind like those slower beats and like chasing it but then again because we have a, a well i have like a british sensibility to it so it ends up being i guess kind of a mesh of like that ucb beat a minute which i find like i prefer comedy to be like yeah um i oh, do want hear my clicks <laughs>
0: <laughs> um but then like also kind of like awkwardness and slowness yeah yeah interesting yeah i hadn't even really thought how like british mm. comedian tendencies would would uh blend into improv well, you probably noticed when we do improv i do an american
1: accent like a lot yeah and it's because like i find it so much easier to slip into that like ucb quick right like where thing because it's such an american style oh it is yeah um, yeah and then like if it's less that then a british accent will work but i do like almost all the time yeah uh, mainly because also we have a lot of americans and i don't want to be like
0: and that British friend arrives.
1: you know? <laughs> Yeah,
0: um, yeah. So, um, I guess my next question then is just about running a mock. Um, have you are, like what? What am I trying to ask here? Um, do you want? You're in your. which year are you? Uh, a second. Yeah. Okay. And Halfway. are you hoping to stick with running a mock for the entirety of KCL? Do you want to continue improv after uh, KCL in like a different troupe or? Yeah, what, what are your thoughts on, like, continuing this as kind of a career mm, um, path? I don't think I would pursue it
1: as a career just because fickle. Yeah. <laughs> um, but definitely comedy. Like, that's what I've got out of it. I definitely plan on staying with it while I'm here at uni. And uh, I would definitely, like, join a troupe. But mm. the thing is, is, like, um, the London comedy scene is very competition-based. And so it lends itself really well if you're a stand-up and if you're into sketch right. comedy. But, like, the like if you're an up-and-coming sketch group you know that um sorry an up-and-coming improv group uh there's not really anywhere that you're gonna perform yeah so and then there's like the free association which is fab
0: but like you have to basically pay your way in exactly yeah just like this goes to the whole like insular thing yeah it's yeah it's and i i've never been a fan of like stand-up myself Mm. i've liked uh sketch particularly because improv like feeds so much into it as like a writing tool but yeah it it seems that outside of the states there's not really like tracks for improvisers except to like use their skills in other kind Mm, of writing basically yeah yeah um this is just a personal question but do you have any memorable improvised scenes that you've been in that have just been like Um, that was so much fun
1: yeah we did we did one recently that still makes me laugh which was like uh i i can't remember what the this content of it was but it was like i was playing a, a sick child who's a philanthropist would oh, come yeah. to give him money <laughs> and then i it just turned because yeah. the line was like he wouldn't let me die and yeah yeah like yeah, the, yeah the flip that was that like, i wanted to die actually <laughs> and the philanthropist was this like cruel billionaire <laughs> Let me succumb to my illness <laughs> yeah. Which is just
0: such a funny concept I feel like that would make such a funny sketch Yeah, yeah Have you had any of I mean, I'm sure you have But I wonder if you have any specific examples But have you had any, like, uh, improv scenes Turn into sketches for you? Because I know you do sketch as well Yeah. Um, You and Elias were working on a sketch competition Did that yeah. happen? Yeah, we did we, go?
1: we didn't get through <laughs> Um, But it was just like a we We shouldn't have got through I mean, we were like rookies, right? Yeah. But um it was super fun. It was like me, my friend Elias, Reichel Mr. Perfecto and Morgan Bakanowski and we we wrote like uh a bunch of sketches and then we had to like pick a few that we wanted to run with and I try to think if any of them came from improv. Definitely like improvised concepts. Like yeah. the the one that we did was um it was like a the concept of the scene was it was like an improv workshop. Um and we were playing a game of, like, ball toss with an imaginary ball. But then one of the people, like, I, I kept insisting that they weren't catching the ball, even though it wasn't a real ball. Um, and then at the end, he's like, well, I have the ball. He throws it, and it's a brick, and he, like, kills someone. <laughs> and so I guess that's, like, a very
0: improv-heavy yeah. concept. And we, like, improvised it when we were writing it. Yeah, you see that, too, in a lot of uh, a lot of TV shows and movies and stuff. So many of them come from an improv background that inevitably... Improv features in their work, like The Office. You yeah, know, there's right. Michael Scott's one of his character traits that he does shitty improv. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> well, because I guess it's like improv is also famously insufferable if it's bad. And yeah, so, yeah. And it, and and anyone that loves attention also does improv, and it can just be the worst thing ever. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where people that do improv fully respect
0: all the hate it gets. <laughs> They're like, yeah, no, it it really is awful. Yeah, again, go, like it's such. It's such a strange, like, middle ground between, like, art form in and of itself and tool mm. for writing and tool for the actor. Um, but, yeah, on that note, do you have any memorable flops on stage where it was just, like, get me out of here now? I mean, I've had a f- I've had a few
1: where, like, someone will come on and it just won't be working mm. and you'll be like, get me out. I do this thing where I'll, because I'm into that, you know... Quick beat thing. I'll come on and I'll say a stupid one-liner and then I'll just want to leave. Yeah. Obviously you can't do that. <laughs> so I'll come, on. we did this one ages ago where, um, the word was password and I thought it would be, and I, I'm, I'm right. It is funny. It's just terrible improv. Uh, if I went on and I was like, you know, what's the password? And then she said it and I was like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it (laughs) I just let her through but then obviously that's just awful because then we just stood there like with nothing to do Um,
0: so stuff like that where I've like been selfish yeah yeah. But I I have a really bad tendency of asking questions like that's one of like one of the rules that you kind of learn early on when you're learning improv is don't ask questions because what it does is it puts the kind of opus of creation on your scene partner instead of you my god though like i feel like in my awkward teen years all i (laughs) drilled into myself was like just ask questions be an interested person to seem interesting (laughs) and then you get up on stage and try and like be all relaxed and conversational and you're just like deadpanning, like so what are you so what are we doing so yeah Yeah, oh god
1: i've i've been there yeah
0: yeah that's so funny um <laughs> seem interested and you're right? you an interesting person. Yeah. It's good advice in conversation, but on stage on <laughs> the so improv. Yeah, because <laughs> people are just looking like this guy has nothing to offer <laughs> at all. Um Here's a very specific question. Uh chairs on the stage or no chairs on the stage? Um I think chairs on the stage. Yeah, yeah. why not? Because it's yeah. just like back that up. Give me some uh, evidence based arguments. Here.
1: Um I feel like every now and then it's just fun to sit you know yeah get target get tired my knees hurt um and also just like why not because i feel like if someone had a conceit where they would use it it wouldn't hurt if they weren't used you know
0: yeah 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 the, the is that reason that like they... disc- is that like improv discourse about chairs <laughs> no it's just, i feel like it's a it's a it's a common debating point like yeah maybe it is discourse but like <laughs> people lean on them like literally and figuratively oh right you yeah. know because if you're if you sit in a chair Action can't happen in a scene mm. if you're glued to it. We've um, had
1: stupid scenes where the chairs have become like ridiculous and it's been funny, I guess. Yeah. Like, we had one where it was like a restaurant and the the chairs with the weird tables, so you're we like crawling all over them and stuff. Right, right. They're, they're great tools if you use uh, correctly. If you use them abstractly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> all really... S- I guess if you use them abstractly or you use them really literally, uh. but then if there's the middle ground where it's rocky, like if it's a car, that can sometimes be a
0: nightmare. Yeah. You, now you just have a car in the middle of the stage. Right, yeah. And, and yeah, again, you're like, it's good every now and then and mm-hmm. again, but like, when you keep using those chairs to like restrict the space again we're we're going way too deep well this chairs discourse is truly like (laughs) yeah buckling you know (laughs) mind-blowing um what is a common misconception about improv um that it's bad because
1: it is i agree (laughs) yes but it's it's like i mean i this is it sounds big-headed but f it um i don't think i've we've ever done a show that's been like awful mm. like it, like yeah sure we've had shows where it been like and eh, it wasn't really massively great tonight. right but like um like when we did our run at the edinburgh fringe we did like seven shows and all of them are great like yeah <laughs> like and and the thing about I'm improv is, you. is yeah. you can say that because it's like there's seven other of you and it's like even if you didn't think you were great like sure i had a couple where i was like rusty but it's like you know you lift your friends up and yeah. if you think they're funny then there's no reason it's not but then again it can it can suck but it doesn't always it would be fun to live in a world where people weren't terrified of seeing their friends do yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs>
0: um and and kind of going off that uh is there like is there a hard part about improv for you specifically like uh some people get stage fright some people can't come up with what to say are there any difficult bits
3: uh, um, in
0: and of the art or sport of improv for you in particular? Hmm. Uh, maybe I get too much in my head.
1: Like like if I have a oh, really sure. pre-planned concept of how I want it to go yeah. and then it's not that. I can be a bit like, oh no. Yeah. Try getting that one killer line in or something,
0: you know. Yeah. It's too much. <laughs> You're constantly drilled in during like training. Like don't think, don't think, don't yeah, think. Right. But at the same time i i found improv like teaching so uh contradictory because it's like yeah. don't think but then it's also like identify the beat that you can cut on and identify the pattern right. that you can it's just like okay and also if i just say the first thing that comes to my mind like what if something really terrible comes out yeah you know we've all got our uh like subconscious biases we don't want to lay those out on the <laughs> stage right oh my god yeah yeah that'd be so messed up it's scary i think it's well
1: it's like uh you have to learn the rules to break them. Um, yeah, yep. So you sort of learn how to do it, like riding a bike, and then you can forget about it. But once right, you sure. have, like, the kind of tools, it's like, just do what you want. Yeah. I find, I find like, the rule-based improv
0: really tiresome. Mm. Yeah, I've, I, I I do too. Mm. I, I've always kind of thought of, and just to go back for a second, when I first, when I took my first improv class, which was after I'd auditioned in undergrad, I genuinely thought i was a much better improviser at the beginning than i was at the end of the class mm. and it's it's because i started limiting how my thinking and like subscribing to rules right. and philosophies as opposed to being like my free rule breaking self in the beginning um again it's it's nice to have that structure but it, when it becomes too structured it's like ugh.
1: yeah it definitely can get like if you do it for too long you get kind of
0: like Uh, fatigue and like immunity to it as well yeah yeah the the thrill of it you're like oh god (laughs) i like to think of it as like you're training your instincts Mm. as opposed to like setting concrete boundaries that you can't cross over yeah like when a scene starts going to shit you rely back on these things to get you through it um anyways we're gonna take a quick break here and then come back to talk about more generally creativity i also want to talk to you about your ted talk oh yeah um but we'll get to that uh i i can talk about this stuff for hours yeah back. well it's funny because it, i'm talking about it like i'm some like veteran but it's it, <laughs> yeah right the funny that's the funny thing about it i guess you sort of can because you just have to do it yeah and, and when you do a lot of it which is quite common and improv you just do it and do it and do it yeah, yeah there's so many stories to tell and so many like lessons learned you feel like a weathered like <laughs> expert <laughs> just like a, a student improviser <laughs> um anyways uh for my break i always ask my guests for a song uh if you wouldn't mind introducing the song to carry us through
1: um this song is conci by Christine the Queen's. because it's quite early i thought it was a good vibe um and she's very like fun and fresh and i saw her live last summer and oh, it was yeah. amazing where is she from uh she's french cool and she does like a french version and an english version of every song oh that's she's really legendary
0: heat. this is like half and half this one awesome well this is come see not come see this uh, show but come see as in c-o-m-m-e yeah it's e- in space S-I. Français, yeah yeah uh took me a minute to find it <laughs> anyways enjoy
3: me raconte ma langue est le seul corps qui vraiment compte
0: Welcome back um we were just talking about uh radio shows and all mm-hmm. the ones on kcl radio um which one were you just talking about um miriam's yeah miriam's so yeah it's called laugh track and hers is about comedy it's like about comedy yeah whereas elias's which runs running amok radio improvised radio yeah is comedy yeah and it's like bits yeah <laughs> uh, anyways I, I was just uh talking with jack i kind of i love doing interviews it's great but it, it would be nice to like just kind of like kick back with the same people every week and yeah, joke yeah, around. yeah um but yeah yeah um that was a really nice song i'm gonna throw that on my own yeah, playlist <laughs> come see by christina lequeens love it okay awesome ted talk you did a ted talk here i did very impressive um tell me about it it was rooted in film that's about all i know yeah um give me the the elevator pitch of your uh, (laughs) stage pitch
1: um so it was about like film film representation uh and like spectatorship and it's interesting because whenever i talk about it i'm like oh it's stupid you know um because obviously a i'm a student and b i just constantly play down everything i do yeah um but but apart from improv, where I'm like you know what I am funny. <laughs> um, it is good yeah. artistic work <laughs> and it should be exception. respected. Um, but yeah, it's it was about film rep- representation and the idea behind it was like the the devalidation of film studies because people think that films are sort of like a meaningless art. And I don't mean meaningless in like devoid of meaning because obviously people think films are worthwhile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but um, more so that people think that the effects of film aren't like massively impactful on mm. society and so my kind of overarching argument was about the validity of like researching film representation and spectatorship models um, and how like film studies were super important for that Yeah, and like I gave this example of how when I came here because Kings is like it's a bit of a weird place to study film because it's very very like academic and prestigious and Mm -hmm. everyone here is like doing biomed or like law or something and if you do like a kind of like DOS degree right or like do you you know that term DOS degree no I think the American term for it is like Mickey Mouse degree okay yeah yeah um because I had to change that when I did the talk because uh, all the like international students that were running it were like what's a DOS degree Um but like a degree just because just for the sake of a degree like a fun degree. right
0: yeah okay I, I'm trying to think of the term but like that's joked about a lot in the states because we've got yeah. like our liberal arts schools exactly exactly um, that yeah and you kind of you it, it take a while to pick your degree and then you pick it and like yeah it's, you pick what you think is going to be the easiest yeah which I didn't do <laughs> Um and like film
1: studies here is actually pretty hard because they very much overcompensate to to like academicize it yeah. right um so it was all about like how i had it devalidated so much that like, people would be like oh so you're doing a DOS degree or people would be like oh like oh that must be so fun like mm, oh i mm. wish i was doing a fun degree but no i'm doing a real one like oh. yeah um and it was like i, I kind of just went along with them was like yeah you know what it's so stupid i'm never gonna get a job no 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 um but, like, the talk was, like, the manifestation of me unlearning that self-deprecating. Good for you. Yeah. yeah. It, it was weirdly liberating. You, like.
0: That makes me think of, have you watched Nanette on yeah, Netflix? Yeah, yeah, It's kind of like that, where you, like, you, and probably too many, I'm making uh, comparisons where I probably shouldn't be. But um, it's a Netflix special about this comedian that's been mm. self-deprecating and then, takes the stage to reclaim it as like a tool for right um for self-empowerment really it's um,
1: like when you talk it's like when you talk about those things in like at any light the the the, the, the vessel <laughs> becomes like the mode mm, of unlearning it mm. um and like Nanette's a good example i mean very different co- like content but yeah. where it becomes like liberating for her you know yeah but by talking and addressing it um and mine was more sort of I mean <laughs> comparing Nanette to my Ted <laughs> film <after> representation.
2: <laughs> it's Rocky okay.
1: Terrain. I give you permission to, to, to <laughs> Rock, do this. Rocky Terrain. But yeah, like uh I I was it was about like how film representation is tangible and like, mm. anyone that would deny that was kind of an idiot. Um and then at the end, I was like... So next time someone asks me if I'm doing film represent... If I'm do- what I'm doing, like, what I'm studying, I'll mm. look them in the face and I'll, like, take a deep breath and um, I will lie and say I do computer science instead. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, film representation... I, I spoke about, like, LGBT representation... Yeah. And, and then, like, The Joker, fuck's sake. Um, and then... <laughs> sorry. Um, and... no Like... <laughs> i was waiting for a tough no 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 i guess because it's like it's student radio no one cares but also it's the morning so yeah. it's like wrong um now nah, you're good but yeah like the like joker people were like turning up to political protests in Beirut, like dressed as the mm. as joker and like how the this that man in america went into this theater like dressed as a joker and like right killed um like over 10 people um and it was just like how like how do
0: films have this like tangible in in world effect that's super interesting you i think would enjoy so i'm in the cultural media and creative industries mm-hmm. department here at king's and i don't know if you're familiar with them much but they 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 do ma degrees and they're expanding to make an undergrad degree next uh year um but they do they focus a lot on like audience studies um, yeah and and not so much like textual analysis like film studies is so often rooted in um but like industry analysis which is really interesting when you look at like who makes up who makes films mm-hmm. um, so not only representation on the screen but behind it um, and then like also like just the outputs and and why creative decisions are made not necessarily for like creative goals but like for this marketing territory or um we talk a lot about like uh um like chinese um, co-productions like you get stupid productions like the great wall with matt damon yeah, i don't know if you heard yeah, about yeah. that mm-hmm. but also you get like interesting um uh like cultural crossovers as well like we like eh, we wouldn't have seen parasite um, which uh, have you seen? Parasite yeah, yeah. Um, by Boon. Uh, yes, thank you. Should <laughs> know this name, um, but yeah, with all these like cultural crossovers and like all, all these movements back behind the scenes on the industry level, we wouldn't have seen these like even like looking at Netflix with like things like Money Heist and these international shows that are um, getting exposure. So, anyways, you you might find yeah, that interesting. I, um, I find
1: it interesting, like um, audience models and. I don't know, like I mean, I like I was saying, like when it, I there's this like weird shame about studying film studies, and mm-hmm. a lot of people do have it, Uh and it's funny to like play into, but at the same time, it's not healthy. Yeah, it extends to all people that do like BAs in this country, like any like anyone from like English to like you know, oh other, for sure, to, like any kind it's, of art based. It's it's
0: a thing that needs to be addressed because for sure. it's like
1: it. We live in such like a vocation based like capitalist <laughs> country. Um, and people completely forget that degrees are supposed to be, like, enriching to you as a person, not just for the certificate you get at the end. Right. Um, and it's so depressing, uh, but, like, I refuse to give into it. But with audiences, it's, like, my biggest interest is, like, um, like, semiotic, like, deep readings of, like, audience-pleasing films or, like, terrible movies, like... I had this joke where I really wanted to write an essay about, um, Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed. <laughs> Cause it had like such a
0: profound effect on me as a child. Was that directed by James Gunn or was that the first one? It was one? written okay, by James yeah. Gunn. So it still has like talent. Okay, well, it's to it. super interesting. Yeah. Because...
1: He it's written as like a as like a college movie like a right yeah R-rated comedy and then it was like kind of meshed and readapted into like a kids film Mm. which is why have you seen the first one yes which is why it's like sat on an island and it's all like college kids spring break spring breaking because it's supposed that's what it's supposed to be and it's it's, like, uh, I read this, like, piece by Jeffrey Sconce, and it mentions it as, like, an American indie film. Yeah? Which is, like, I just I find it fascinates me. I have so much to say about Scooby-Doo, too. Please keep what going. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very intrigued. <laughs> it's just super interesting, like, the the way that it tonally is is so bizarre. Yeah. Because it's, like, an American indie film, and then it's, like... But it's
0: attached to this, like, global kids franchise, and right? and then Kids franchise,
1: then it's franchise, yeah. There's this, like, address of children, but then also it makes fun of its own address of children, and then, like, there's also, like loads of really great um, representation of women in that movie yeah. like there's this whole thing where it opens with the, Daph- the Daphne character being um, like kidnapped whoever and then she's like I'm gonna learn taekwondo and then she does yeah. <laughs> and it's like it's just mad those movies are an acid trip like, I need to revisit that yeah, yeah right that, we'll revisit them like with a yeah. really like critical esteemed oh, mind oh I will yeah uh, and really over academicize and over analyze everything and we can you'll have an amazing
0: time that's that's amazing yeah that's awesome. Who <laughs> would have thought we've gotten into Scooby Doo too? I right, bring up, Br- bring yeah, probably you would <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually planned to bring it up. Good. <laughs> um, I did want to talk uh, and kind of move our discussion to to more broad um, concepts, but um, creativity and art is kind of the central premise of this show. Mm-hmm. Like, um, what are people's processes, and what are um, what do people consider art and not art? Um, just to start, do you consider yourself a creative person? And the reason I ask, uh, I think it's a good question, um, but also people have weird answers to this. People that you think were mm. typically creative are like, oh, no, no. But what do you consider yourself creative? Um, y-
1: yes, but I can see why people have like a refrain because yeah. I feel like I don't have any of the like credentials to support it, which is obviously so stupid mm-hmm. and, and definitely not real because anyone can be a creative person. But then... But then you have this like gatekeeping thing where you're like, hey, not not everyone could be a creative person because you don't want it to be this like
0: free for all, right?
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah.
0: Um, it's like a competitive market. Yeah, you bring up a lot of lot of interesting concepts in that mm. that sentence. Yeah, you've got this creative competition because mm. where it, where the gatekeeping exists, and then also this whole idea of like whether everyone can be creative versus like a right. select people because like, historically creativity has been seen as this like individual sport where you get a couple creative geniuses you get the leonardo's or the uh galileo's or whatever other italian uh names i can think of it's galileo italian i don't know i have no idea (laughs) um but it more than more so the the closer you look at creativity you look at improv it's collaborative it's social it's multiple people Mm. it's not a singular person locked in a room exactly um and then yeah this whole concept of gatekeeping and competence. anyways let's break this down um, I assume you're in the more like collaborative social camp of improv or improv, creativity. That you think it's it's more along connections, or yeah, do you like, think it is a more of an individual, like inward-looking thing?
1: I think. I mean, like the whole the whole thing is is that, um, and I I'm like obviously reluctant to talk about it with complete ease because obviously like I'm trying to be. But this is the thing, like, I I am a creative insofar as I do creative endeavours, and mm-hmm. I, like, am in performances, shows and stuff. Uh, and obviously, like, the level of professionalism doesn't change the fact that they are, like, creative. Sure, yeah. Like, anyone that's been in a school play is, to some degree, like, a creative, right? Yeah. Um. But, like, I suppose I would view it more as, like, a collaborative thing, just because I just believe in, like, lifting people up. And, sure. And like, internal
0: tortured artist narrative is a bit um, unhealthy, I think. It is. It is super unhealthy. There's a lot of discourse within, like, studies of creativity that there's... uh, Or studies of creativity have highlighted discourse about, like, you need to have suffered to be creative. Mm. And to a certain extent, that's true. You need some sort of inspiration, but I I don't know. I don't really know the answer. Do you think that's true? It seems problematic to me. I think it's problematic, and I think also, like when people view like creative
1: endeavors as like an all the all well because not to be practical but i feel like going into the creative industries you cannot have like a capitalist based mindset right like Mm. it just is not it doesn't work because you're not gonna make any money (laughs) and you're gonna be miserable and uh you're hopefully not gonna be working for like any sort of business with a like you know CEO or something right and so I think when people are like oh it's all the all and that idea of like you don't want to say everyone's anyone that can be a creative is a creative because you want to gatekeep and you you don't want it to be all for all but then like when you start viewing it like a competition it completely defeats why you would want to do it in the first place and I think like for example I was like oh I don't want to talk about improv really like It's deemly because obviously I'm not like a professional paid Mm. improver, but at the same time, like what would be the difference between me talking about it and someone who, you know, is paid to do improv? Not on the perspective of maybe experience or talent (laughs) or like a concept of the professional
0: world but more, like, just in the literal side of, like, the creative, you know? Well, exactly. And and so far, we've... This show is focused on mostly amateurs. And mm-hmm. I don't mean that in a way to, like, the, critique any of my past guests. Um, it's, one, part of the limitation of the show, where we being a student show, right, access yeah. to students. But also, it's it's fascinating, because any professional talent creative has gone through an amateur phase. And yeah. so... Really, what we're doing is like intercepting the creative process and being like, hey, you're on your way somewhere creatively. Let's yeah. talk about it. Let's break it down. And there's value in that. There's not value in like hindsight uh, all the time. There's value in looking at it while it's happening. So that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it,
1: yeah, like it's like a time capsule, isn't it? Like, yeah, like all the people you're interviewing are hopefully going somewhere. Hopefully. I hope I'm going somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so it would, it's interesting to, it will be interesting to listen back and, and hear what I thought For sure. about it. Yeah, yeah. What
0: and, I made. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and and not to mention like just the the process itself. Like, um, yeah, yeah. Getting your thoughts while while you're doing it. Yeah, mm. Is really interesting. Um, one thing I can't remember what you said that highlighted this, but oh, we were talking about you were talking about school plays. Mm. Um, and this idea that everyone's creative in a sense and can be creative. Um, there is. So in defining creativity among academics, um, a common definition is uh, novelty plus value equals creativity. Now, a lot of people would say a school play doesn't have much value, might not even be that novel. But still, something is being created. Mm -hmm. Um, Another kind of concept that comes into these definitions is this idea of recognition being uh, important to creativity. That being said i'm talking too much i want to get back to you um, <laughs> Sorry. if you write the bible in a black closet and then leave it there has creativity taken place or does it need to be observed it's like the it's like schrodinger's cat if you know yeah that is it that's uh, you know um is yeah. The cat dead? <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> is that creative it, instinctually i say yes but also like if nobody ever sees it, how do we even know it's creative? Um I would say
1: it's creative because yeah. I mean, I'm just a big believer in like um complete lack of regard for anyone or or like holding anyone in reverence, mm. and for me like I don't I, like this idea of value or surroundings. Yeah, so things, you, you, you disagree I just, with the I value. I disagree. Like, I feel like, yeah, that you can measure value and you can think something has more value than something else. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, nothing really has implicit value. So, just like the best way to live, especially in regards to creative endeavors, is like just, just let anyone do anything, you know? Right. And, um, I don't know, maybe I'm not like describing that in the best way, but like. No, it, it makes sense. Right. Like, to me, I just because because i have just such a disregard for like do not disregard i have disrespect (laughs) for institutions and like nepotism and Mm. and you know monetary connections that have helped people get into creative positions Mm. it's like i just honestly feel like the complete antidote to that is being like that five-year-old that just was in a nativity play and played Joseph—that was a creative endeavor, you know. Mm. He made choices yeah. <laughs> in with his performance because, like, why not? Who cares? Nothing is lost or gained from like that level of, that level of like openness to right. like. I just, I just feel like tightness on it is completely pointless. And like, as for the Bible thing, you know, like someone like Franz Kafka, who wrote like a bunch of books and then died, and mm-hmm. then those books were read after it, like posthumously. It's like it didn't obviously have any impact on. You know, I'm sure we all have family members that just paint for fun, Right. and then no one sees it, but like close family members. And it's like it's still an expression, isn't it? Sure. It's yeah. Still, no. It yeah. Still has it worth, even if it's just. I mean, and also like the person, if you wrote a Bible in a dark room, the person that wrote it would have seen it. Yeah. So yeah, I just I, maybe I just have
0: a bit of a, like an anarchist view of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I will challenge you a little bit because um, this whole concept of value and like what is value mm. and what is not, how do we assign? Creativity, then like who is more creative than like, certainly maybe this isn't true. Maybe you'll disagree with me, but certainly um, someone that's a bit practiced in writing Mm -hmm. uh, is is a bit more creative than, you know, a child writing their first haiku. Yeah. What what's the difference? I would understand that to be like understanding of the platform and the tools and knowing how to write, quote unquote, more valuable Mm -hmm. things than this five year old. It seems to me, just to me, that value value does play into it quite a bit in terms of like what is more creative mm. than like in and measuring creativity against one another. But maybe you disagree and disagree with like comparing creativity.
1: I probably like maybe anyways. instead of value it's like meaning. Okay. Yeah. And like if if like an adult was writing a poem or something and had like a massive understanding of the the, you know, syntax and form and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And then a child wrote a haiku, as you say. Um, Like, value, it would be difficult to measure, but meaning maybe because, you know, there would be more at play in the expert's poem Mm -hmm. and less at play in the child's poem. Um, I don't know. It's like meaning, obviously, is so different to different people. No, yeah,
0: that's that's an interesting way to turn it around because, like, a child can only... Right. Put so much meaning into something. Yeah,
1: and, like, wouldn't be doing anything, like, subtextually, probably. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and wouldn't be, like... It wouldn't be some sort of great uh, metaphor about, you know, the depression or something. Yeah. Um, but, like, in terms of value, it still has value to different people. Sure. I guess a good example is, like, awards. Like, like how do you feel about awards as, like, a concept? Like, like the Oscars, for example.
2: Yeah,
0: it's... That's a really great question. It's hard to say, right? Because it does help, kind of, reward mm. novelty, which I th- and creativity. I think does need to be rewarded to mm-hmm. encourage creativity, right? Because if if someone writes their magnum opus in a dark room and it never gets highlighted, they'll probably not ever write one again. Um, and so I see awards as like a way mm-hmm. of encouraging creativity and this kind of goes to a broader point of creativity being good and that it is and again going back to this value thing and that it is valuable like the more creative people we have in society the more creative solutions we have to problems society faces Mm -hmm. which are inherently valuable so again going back to rewards it's tricky right i think it helps encourage creativity but it also it's so easy to get into a a lane where it's, like, you're just rewarding the end circle as opposed to rewarding actual new creativity. Yeah,
1: because it's, like, I feel like two things that you said that were interesting about, like, um, it needs to be rewarded. I feel like film is a good example of Mm. that because it's so implicitly, like, mechanical and monetized and there's so and it like requires money and it requires equipment it's not like a book you know anyone could anyone could write a book yeah but literally now anyone can if they wanted to start writing a book but like a film is one of the few mediums where it's like no you would need a certain set of equipment right and like people will say stuff like oh well you know nowadays you can film a film on an iphone it's like okay but but that's such a middle-class perspective on life because not everyone has an iPhone. Yeah. And also, even if you did, like, what an assumption that you'd upload your hour-long film on your iPhone to YouTube and you would win an, uh, an award at Southway Southwest, Southwest right? Yeah. Yeah, Um, And so I think the, the, the awards and this kind of element, it keeps it, like, this f- financial machine going, mm-hmm. which is problematic, but at the same time, like, you need money for it to... Right, which is what I talked about that in my talk. Like I don't understand why people are so downplaying on film, both as a as an industry, but also as a, a creative medium, because it's like, like oh my god, like Avengers Endgame, for example. I'm not saying that's an artistic piece of cinema,
0: but it made like a billion dollars. Yeah. like that's insane. But if you look at just the creative industries in London, there's been, there's a famous report. On how much it contributes to the economy. Yeah,
1: I mean the cre- the like creative arts or like entertainment industry is the fastest growing employer in this country, mm, yeah. or at least it was when I like, graduated high school. Yeah, because <laughs> that's what that's what I was like, oh, it's a good thing to be. for yeah, yeah. But um, but like it is like it's it's such a growing thing because people are just constantly consuming entertainment, mm. and so. But yeah, I mean, I have a problem with the Oscars more so just from like a uh like a impact. Hot, like identity politics thing, you know, like yeah. um for, oh, for sure. you know, like for example, someone makes a queer film and it breaks every rule in the book and then they still run a fat Oscar campaign, it's completely defeating the point of the whole thing in the first place. Yeah.
0: But but yeah, you I think you make a really valid point that like you have to reward creativity to like, And it's not even to... rewarding per se, but like going back to the idea of recognition, mm. like it's it's not rewarding. It's it's recognizing that it exists. Mm. So and exposing it really because like if if a film never gets watched who's it who's it going to impact it's not going to impact anyone right um and yeah while it might be a creative endeavor it's it's not going to like go past that creativity to become something even more than it is
1: and also they're just useful because they sort of infer the like status quo of
0: just what's popular at any time you know yeah 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 no the oscars are an interesting microcosm Mm. um like on one hand it's like this uh industry award show but on the other hand it's like marketing for these films and then it's, it's so many weird things going on so many weird things televised for the entire world to see. yeah well because i feel like all the awards are like weird
1: but the oscars is has this weird edge over everything else because it's like for example like when that year where um, that year where uh, Shape of Water won best uh-huh. picture and yeah. it was just like what like yeah. I love I love that movie but what the hell like that's so random yeah like <laughs> the like the biggest institution of film like awards on the planet and they gave best picture to a movie about like a, a woman having intercourse with a fish <laughs> to put it bluntly. I'm like, I love the movie, but like, what a rogue choice. And then the next year or however many years it's been, something like green book wins. Yeah. And it's like, I just, it's it's a bonkers institution. I have no idea. It's what, very strange. Who's making the choices. Popular vote
0: on. among hidden people. Right? Yeah. Very, very strange. Um, anyways, uh, we're almost out of time here. Um, I have two questions left for you, which I like to ask everyone. Um, but, uh, what profession let's say you don't go into film mm-hmm. um or don't go into comedy what profession could you possibly see yourself falling into where these skills would be like neat and valuable and cool um maybe like
1: like some form of like teaching or oh uh, yeah yeah or like i don't know like i feel like teaching is a good example but but on on a more like Lectury basis rather mm. than like high school teachery because it's like, uh, I feel like the things you get from like performing it's just sort of invaluable public speaking, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that's true, it's a pretty, pretty obvious answer, but like I can't really see anything else. I mean, at this point, I definitely think whatever I do is gonna be incorporating like t- talking at people, yeah. Um, I just don't know
0: about what yet, yeah. Very neat. Very neat. I I I think similarly. I got the Mm. chance to uh, teach for a year on like a grant program, and it's weird how many like itches it scratches. Yeah. um, Like of the performance variety, because you're like you're on stage in front of an audience, and you're engaging, and yeah, it's 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 interesting. But yeah, I can see that. Mm. I can see that with you. Um, And then yeah, my final question. uh, I like to end this for everyone, and we've already kind of covered this, but um, what book slash TV slash movie slash whatever would you recommend to our audience members today to check out uh, after? We've we've talked about Shape of Water. We've talked about uh, all these radio shows. We've talked about uh, music. Give something left field. Uh, we've also talked about Scooby-Doo. Um, Ooh. Okay, so I am a massive
1: Twin Peaks fan. Okay. And my gut reaction is Twin Peaks always. But I feel Peaks. like I shouldn't say it because it's too obvious. Um, So let me think of something I've been listening to recently. Sure. That is weird. And then... That might be a good... Take your time. Um, okay, yeah. Here's, here's field. There's a Soul Wax album. And uh-huh. they're like a French band. Start doing rock. forayed into techno. <laughs> um, and they have this album called Closer Soul to Paradise. Wax. And it's like a series of interviews um, with people living on this like tropical island. Uh-huh. Um, and then it's set to music. But it's really like i find fascinating. it fascinating fascinating yeah cause it's like not only is it like a banger but it's like <laughs> it just bottles like it completely bottles that um you can hear it in their voice and you can hear it in the music mm-hmm. uh and i i'm really fascinated with it and i keep listening to it because because it's like ah uh, i can't describe it just listen yeah. to it <laughs> what's is, is there an album name for it's that it's called let me find it. it's called closer to paradise i think there's one song and then all the interviews got it okay soul wax closer to paradise yeah awesome yeah they they interviewed like four people and then it's just yeah and it's short rather than give you like a fat tv show to go watch listen to this like five minute song and you're done
0: fantastic well thank you so much for coming on the show today uh i know it's early but we covered a lot of ground no um super interesting stuff we went in real deep on this i know (laughs) um but yeah i appreciate it um and to our listeners thank you so much uh have a great day
3: Hmm. <laughs>